Welcome everybody back to PAX 2019. We have the uh, the party pixels loaded sift, whatever combo you want to call it again. So uh, my name's Luke Ritalik, uh joining uh, Matt, the game dad from Party Loaded Team. And uh, over on the other side, we have the lovely Fiona and Vivian from Team Pixel Sift. Welcome ladies. So we catch up every year uh, around this time, and I think it's actually been precisely this time on the final day of PAX Australia um, to chat about everything great in the world of video games that we've seen at the event and sort of surrounding all of the, the great cultural stuff that's happening over across the three days and beyond. Let's face it, we're here often for more than just that three days worth of convention. Um, so let's chat some games and chat about all the stuff that we've seen this weekend and, and geek out for a little while. So yeah. So uh, in general, how's the weekend been for both of you? Yeah. Oh, so much fun. But it's both of our first time at PAX, so just just coming here, seeing all the indie devs all in one place and being able to chat to all of them and then all the big companies as well, all under one roof. It's absolutely amazing. I'm really enjoying it. This is like one of my, my first packs and compared to all the other conventions I've been to, this is amazing. So you heard it here, number one packs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> best packs ever. Rating and best, yeah. <laughs> yeah, packs rising and, and all the indies. Like, it's just absolutely incredible. You get to, to like walk around the corner and be like, Wow, that's a really impressive game that's made here in Australia. You know, like being able to just kind of stumble through that space and then play some really cool stuff. It's really cool. Yeah, I, I've low-key been running into more South Australian devs this year than I think mm. I ever have. Yeah, Adelaide's taken over. It's it's a, like a theme of 2019. They've got their own booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. They do too. Yeah. I don't know if that's related to how many there are. It's the Oh, it's totally related because yeah. like they've been throwing money at game developers in the last couple of years. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of throwing money, have uh, you thrown money at any cool sort of geek merch this year? Well, you can see by my lanyard. Oh, nice. So many pins. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep walking around. I'm like, oh, that one's pretty good. I'll buy that one. Yeah. Yep. In my defense, it's my first year, so I'm okay. I'm buying things. It's good. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I decided a couple of years ago that I wanted to shed the PAX chains of servitude. Yep. How heavy it just gets after three days. Oh, my God. It's it's nuts. Yeah. I like how much you're just like, I don't have a problem, okay? Yeah. It's my first year. This is fine. That's my excuse. We'll see what happens next year. <laughs> it's like an illness that's just lately diagnosed. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it is. Comes later. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and um, in terms of Vivian, your, your first sort of PAX Australia, what, what's the big standout for you? Because you're obviously doing the work side of things too, and Pixel 15 work super hard covering a whole bunch of content. You, you know, putting up you know, videos every hour on the hour, if not more often than that, which is crazy. So, what stood out to you? Oh, just like the sheer, like, vastness of it, just how big it is in general. Like, um, I didn't think I'd come and see so many indie game devs, and it's really great just to see how many there are and how like how passionate they're about um, the games that they make. Um, just the whole community in general, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, I often have more fun um, sort of having the conversations with the devs at their booths because they are very interactive, yeah. very engaged with the audience. Definitely. Sometimes more so than playing the games themselves. Not because the games are bad, but just because the conversations are so good. Yeah. yeah. So speaking speaking as a game dev, like I very much enjoy like. I'll walk around, I'll chat with the devs and be like, oh wow, I've been here for half an hour and I still haven't touched their game and I've run out of time. Yeah. I guess I'll like, I'll 
by it on Steam now. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like you're insulting them, but you're not yeah. really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, let's talk some specific games then. And um, Deanna, I know you had a pretty cool one that you were geeking out on. Yes. Yeah, so there's one down in the tabletop section called Ardent Roleplay by Audacious. And what it is, it's an augmented um, reality app, and you can use it for all different tabletop games like D&D, Pathfinder, and more. So like you, there's different cards and you can pull them out and once you pop the camera on them, if it's a room, it'll pop up if you see the room and the guards in it or you can see little creatures and their health and then if they die, the list just goes on. It's absolutely amazing. Wow. Is that stuff on sale already or is that... In- I think it's coming out soon. I think I'm not quite sure, but you can go down and check that. It's just, it blows my mind how you can just use augmented reality with physical stuff too. Yeah. And you were saying that like, you can see, like, individual players can see different things from other yes. players. Yes, so the DM or GM, depending on which term you use, that he can, he or she can send information to specific players. So if they have an am- see an amulet, one person might see its curse where someone else will just see an amulet. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then it's up to that player who receives that information if they want to tell them its curse or just let them go and grab it and just yeah. let them deal with the consequences. I, I love the idea of that because, like, as a DM, right, like... You, you get your players to roll perception and then you get somebody like, oh yeah, I, I, I succeed if everybody else failed. But yeah. then you would have to say, okay, yes, you see the monster around the corner. Every at the table now knows that. Whereas if you had this, you go and say, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and now they see a monster and they're like, oh shit, but nobody else does. Yeah. I love the idea I was, I was saying before, like doing a psychological horror tabletop game using that system would be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's like an endless supply of things you could do with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Managing the character knowledge versus the player knowledge too. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I like that a lot. Nice. The liking a lot. What have you liked a lot, Vivian? The one game that did stick out to me was an indie game back um, at PAX Rising called Duped. Oh, yeah. So um, what you essentially do is you control a little, like, a cube as a player and you can um, duplicate yourself in a sense. But as you go along in the gameplay, you get very attached to your character, essentially, and then you realize that to progress, you have to sacrifice all your little duplicates as well. So you go from a very like concerned and like almost like sad about it to being like completely like emotionless. No, pathological. Like, yeah, like, and then you're just like killing them. And you know, I need to get through this level. I need you to all die to get to the end. And I don't know. I kind of like it. She was really good at it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, die, 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 die. All right, let's go. There's no dark hidden level where you realize that one of the ones you actually sacrificed was the original? <laughs> oh, no, yeah, you can definitely be the original and then die. Oh, wow, yeah. okay. That's an existential dread kind of thing. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Very cool. That's all right. neat. I like that idea. Yeah. Matt, what else? What are you with home? Um, I think the big standout for me was actually Minecraft Dungeons. Um, which surprised me in more than one way. Like, I walked to the doors, and it was literally the first game I saw, and I'm like, they're showing it? It's playable? What the heck? Mm. Um, so after I played a little bit of Avengers, I came over and played Minecraft Dungeons, um, and genuinely surprised at just how much fun it is. Like, it feels like Diablo. It looks like Minecraft. It's got all the Minecraft sound effects and everything like that. There's clearly a narrative going on in there that actually seems really, really interesting. Like, yeah, it's actually jumped up to top my list of, like, games that I'm seriously looking forward to. I haven't actually played Doom 3. Doom, not Doom 3. Uh, Diablo 3. Yeah. Um, and um, so having played that, it's like, man, I, this is the thing that's going to scratch that itch, basically. 
probably a little bit more accessible as well. I never really liked the aesthetic of Diablo. Mm. So it's like two super popular, like global spanning game franchises, mix them together. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's going to be popular. <laughs> yeah, and like it's surprisingly deep. Mm. Like there's a lot of stuff there. Like clearly, like your items actually do things. Um, you have a whole bunch of different abilities that you can use. Um, so like the character that I was playing as seemed like they had like an archery ability that basically swapped out your standard arrow for like this firework arrow that would do like a big area of effect damage. Um, and yeah, like just super neat. Like it really caught me by surprise. So I really enjoyed it. Nice. I'll put that on the list for my kids. <laughs> Both Minecraft fiends or yeah. I want to talk for a sec sort of on the topic of um, sort of, uh, you know, augmented reality and uh, that, that kind of visual sort of stuff about uh, Moving Marvels, um, which was another game that uh, it, as soon as I saw it in the, um, the PAX Rising area, it reminded me instantly of what you just described, but also um, the more I looked at it, uh, it, it, these images, these still images sort of come to life using, you know, like a tablet um, or a phone sort of, you know, overlaying to sort of see how the... the the images pop out. It's almost like seeing a multi-layer construction paper turn into origami um, style. But uh, it's like a puzzle game where you can actually interact with different um, sort of pictures, different sort of moving pictures, and share elements from one to another. In much the same way, if, if anyone in here has um, played Gorogoa before, um, that puzzle game with the, the sort of uh, quartered window frame where you, you move different elements around. It's also like layers of paper where you can sort of move from one to the next, like you move a doorway to another panel and something that's gone through the doorway can go through. Like, like that, but with like moving sort of, uh, you know, 3D images that come to yeah. life, augmented reality, you know, using a display. It blew me away. It was really cool. Amazing yeah, so. what people can do with augmented reality now, and mm. including it in video games and indie games as well. It just blows my mind half the time. Yeah, yeah. very, very cool. I saw, I saw there was a, a setup, I believe, here at PAX. I haven't actually seen it on the floor, but it's apparently here, where some students and their lecturer had made this pop-up book game where they actually used a projector to project like onto this 3D pop-up book thing. Um, and like, you know, it, it, here's all your paper platforms and everything, it's projecting the game onto it, so now they actually have lines and such, and you're actually jumping around on it, but it's surprisingly neat, like, that's actually a 3D object that my 2D projected character is hopping onto. Really cool. And then when you finish that level, you pull the book up to flip to the next page. It's a cool idea. They would never sell that, but it's a cool idea. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the thing, like I imagine, it, to me it's a little bit like Nintendo Labo, where some, yeah. some of this stuff in terms of a retail product seems to be a little impractical regardless of how cool it is, but if they find a good way to do it, then... Yeah, yeah. if they could market that, like I reckon there would be an audience for it. Mm. Like imagine just being able to buy like, here's, here's another book that's your expansion pack, right? And you just have, you're using the same project, the same software, but you're just buying new books, basically. It's a really cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's pass some more games on. What else have we got? What else has been capturing our attention? There was one back down in the in the PAX Rising, and it was Kaiju Super Date Tech. <laughs> Day Tech or Date Tech? Date Tech. Oh, okay. Perfect. So, so what it is, there's the Kaiju, so the big monsters, and you have to build a robot to basically romance it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's made by Powerhoof, and it's down in the in the indie section. And... Um, you have, it's a, you have a timer as well, so you have to quickly put things on and try and make it as tall as you can and like more attractive as you can. But I mean, it's a robot, so like lots of things are sticking out and it doesn't look the best. And then you may get a date with one. Interesting. Yeah. And if you don't, maybe it's your fault because you built Probably, it. Probably, yeah. yeah. But then you can like battle against friends and like race to see who can get there quicker. 
That's hilarious. That's I know. Weird. I'm going to buy this game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Monster. <laughs> yes. Go, go. <laughs> we, um, we dashed in early on Friday and caught a couple of the games that were undoubtedly going to have immense queues over the weekend, so we got in early to experience them. Um, and um, I got to play the Final Fantasy VII remake. Yep. How was that? That was really impressive. Yeah, I um, I have a certain amount of nostalgia from the original, um, sort of when I was way back younger. Maybe not as much as some people, but um, the turn-based uh, sort of you know JRPG games have always been something I've been connected to, and I was a little worried about how this new action-based combat would work with what they've changed. Really good, <laughs> really, really good. Like, yeah, it blew my mind. Good. It felt like um, there was a certain momentum the whole time, and all of the cinematics were really well sort of uh, integrated with it. Um, it flowed excellently. Visuals were stunning. Um, yeah, I was super impressed. So we'll be picking that up for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then we got to play Avengers. Yeah, yeah. I actually really enjoyed Avengers. You were less certain about it, but like. They, they're not allowing anybody to take videos or take photos of it at the moment, and it's very clear why, because the game's still very much a work in progress. Yes. Like, Thor has a pixel beard. Um, it's, mm. it's very grody. Um, but the gameplay is great fun. Like, all the characters that are super physical, like Thor and Cap, like, they're, they feel amazing to, to play with. And you can see that, like, Iron Man and Black Widow, probably a little bit more work needs to happen on them, because they're primarily ranged characters, and so you don't quite get that satisfying physicality of just beating up goons. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of work still there that needs to happen. Um, but having played it, like I feel a little bit more confident that it's actually going to be a really, really cool game when it comes out. And um, like I hadn't even realised that it was an open world thing, um, mm. which I, I had thought it was just going to kind of be a linear game, play with friends, you all get to choose your own Avenger to play as. But no, it's it's open world. It's like there's so many different genres going into that thing. It'd be really cool to see the end result. Be a slow drip to get some of that bigger in-game um, content info, I think. They're, yeah. they're keeping it pretty close to their chest at the moment. Definitely, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I, I enjoyed it. Um, Hulk was a, uh, was a platforming level, which caught me yeah. surprise. Primarily yeah. platforming. Like Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> Just grabbing onto buses and... It, yeah. It did feel very much like, I mean, that, that area is all tutorial, right? Like, you're not seeing the cool open world stuff, so they're showing you yeah, Hulk can jump on walls and bounce off of them. Whereas when you get into the open world, I would imagine that you can just do that any time rather than having it be like these canned areas, right? Like, it's almost like a test area for the devs to mess around with like the base abilities that each character has. Yeah. So Hulk can bounce off walls. Can we make that happen and, and teach the player to do that really easily? Um, in fact, like I was, it happened to me. I saw it happen to a bunch of other players where Hulk was jumping at this one wall and they just kind of, falling to his death, yeah. um, having to respawn. And it's like, okay, well clearly they need to change how he's gripping onto that specific wall, or at that angle, maybe. So, a little bit of dev still to go. A yeah, a lot, yes, yeah. fair amount of it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for it, it looks good. I kept walking past and the line's just massive. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I'm like, oh, I want to play, but it's going to be a long way. Yeah. I got caught in a pretty hefty queue yesterday, um, dashed in first thing to attempt to play Doom Eternal, which is one of my top um, sort of wanting to play things this weekend. I got lucky enough to win a couple of tickets to the uh, launch party on um, Thursday night as well, um, which was mind-blowing in one way over everything else, and that's that during the party they were playing Dramiroquai instead uh, yeah. of the Doom soundtrack. So if they're trying to recreate Hell and Earth, then sure, but it was an odd choice. Um, game's really good though, probably my pick of the show so far. I'm not going to talk too much about it because I'll end up talking for ages. 
Dude, Doom Eternal's legit. That's all I'm going to say. I, I lined up and then got an appointment for later in the afternoon, so I didn't waste too much time lining, but uh, it was good. I believe the message you sent me was, I need a change of pants. I, no, I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> it was pretty much that. Yeah. Partly because I've been in the line for so damn long, but yes, the other thing too. Yeah. So another big thing of uh, a part of PAX, of course, is um, some of the panels and, and various different talks and stuff that go on. Has anyone caught any good panels? We had a, a great WA-themed one on yesterday yes. as well. Yeah. Mitch from Pixel Sift, he was on that one. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get to see it because we were busy out on the floor running around doing interviews. We caught another one of Mitch's later in the afternoon, but I'm heading to one of the Cyberpunk ones today. Yes, we did that I, yesterday. Oh, I saw it was happening. I'm like, okay, I'm going. It's a thing. They broke records yesterday for um, the largest public showing of Cyberpunk ever globally yeah. at oh. PAX Australia. Main theatre, there was not a single empty seat. Oh, I'll have to get there three. early and line up. Yeah. <laughs> No, it was impressive, um, and uh, it's a good solid hour worth of content yeah. as well, so yeah, uh, really, really impressive. Um, we, we caught a, a really entertaining uh, Bungie um, and community panel for Destiny yeah. 2 on Friday. Um, probably my favourite panel of the weekend so far. It was good fun. Yeah, a lot of humour. <laughs> um, like, the uh, voice actress for Eris Moore and Morla yep. is, like, surprisingly bubbly and, and oh, yeah. energetic and super sweet. And so, like, she's voice acting this character that's really emo and dark and, like, down and emotional. And it's like, this is so strange. But she's there on stage, just having a good time with everyone. They made her voice act some lines that were voted from by the community that were just really, really hilarious. Because, of course, they had her same moods wanted. Yeah. <laughs> it's always fun when the voice actor's personality are completely yeah. different to who they play yeah. in voice. And how. Yeah. But, but she actually gave this really, really sweet story about how, like, she was kind of, um, she thought about Eris and was motivated. And she was talking about the fact that um, she was in New Orleans when the flooding had happened um, and how her and her family had to go back to get their things and they had like a day to do it. Um, and part of Eris' story was like, you know, uh, six went down into this horrendous Indian pits, um, but she was the only one that came back. And so this whole drive back to New Orleans well, they're the only ones driving into New Orleans, but there's hundreds of thousands of people driving out. And so that was apparently a, a, a kind of mental image that had played through her mind whenever she was playing, you know, voice acting Eris, which is just like, that's super cool to kind of understand how a voice actress would do that, you know, like understand their motivations, their character. Yeah. Think of the saddest thing ever. Yeah. And do a character. Crying puppies. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Uh, well, we, we're sort of hitting like the last stretch of, of PAX and um, we've got like a, a day to go, give or take a little bit, depending on travel times. What's left on the hit list for today? So, oh, for me, I didn't know this was a thing until I got here. So I didn't know pins were oh. such a currency oh, yeah. at PAX. Oh, so. God, Vivian, pull up. Pull up. <laughs> You'll be like me. <laughs> Yeah, I can't, I, we went to a game dev um, yesterday, uh, no, on Friday, and he's like, oh, have you guys got any badges so far? And I just like lifted my blank lanyard at him, and he's like, oh, okay, we have to change that. <laughs> um, so, like, all right, I guess I'll go and find some. Like, I'm not a very sentimental person, so I'll go and have a look and see what catches my eye. Though, I did see some officially licensed Stardew Valley pins yes. as oh, well, no. so I might be going back for those. Maybe all of them. I don't know. Maybe all of them. Maybe. <laughs> first, first hit is not free. But it's the same sales model. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have a they have a couple of really interesting ways that you can get some really special pins. So like there's the there's the thing with uh, that people have been calling the pin chicken, which is a bin chicken. We've been pin. trying to find that. Yeah. 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 We, I have been going every single time it's called out. I'm there and I'm there on time, but there's already a queue and I'm turned away. Like nope, oh, it's full no. already. 
Um, so like today's last chance to get that one. Then there's the Zolder pin, which you actually have to go around and take yes, photos of I yourself. I managed to get that one. Yep. Yeah, I haven't gotten that one. I've, I've been considering whether or not I put the time into it. Um, then there's the Pokemon pins, which you have to go and play Pokemon for, and every single day that queue is just packed. So, like, yeah, there's a whole bunch of really cool pins, like, and uh, around PAX Rising as well. Like, pretty much most indies there, or a good handful of them, will end up having their own pins. So I've got, I've got a couple here of um, Necro Barista and uh, Ring of Pain. Um, yeah, you can just go over there and just buy them. It's, it's, PAX is not good for your wallet. No. <laughs> but it's good for pins. Yeah. <laughs> you keep your wallet together with your pins. Yeah. It starts exactly. falling apart from overuse. Just like use the pins to pin your money to your money. <laughs> or, or use the pointy end to remind yourself, no, don't spend more. Re remember what's going to happen when you get home. <laughs> You're going to take your lanyard off and then it's like, wow, my neck is feeling so much better. <laughs> Blood wounds. Blood, Blood wounds in this whole entire, like weight lifted off your literal chest yeah absolutely no i've started leaving mine at home i don't need a reminder of the uh the, the transgressions of the past that's for sure. there is one person walking around though with a full jacket just oh yeah covered in the pins yep. yeah he walked past it like we heard him first we're like what is that and he walks past we're like oh that's amazing but also how much money is that yeah also how heavy is it oh yeah you oh, like, yeah. have to weigh kilos oh. pretty solid if someone ever throws something hard at you though it's just a blative arm <laughs> <laughs> Literal yeah. scale mail. Absolutely. In theme. Well, yeah, it's been a fantastic PAX and uh, really enjoyed catching up with everybody on the team again. So we'll have to do it same time, same channel next year. It would be great. And hopefully a new slew of games and maybe a new mix of hosts. We don't know. Yeah. We tend to mix it up every year. Absolutely. But that's it. Um, so Vivian, Fiona, Matt, thank you very much. Thank you. It's been thank a fantastic you. PAX and uh, we'll see you all next time. Enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah. Later, gang.